Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. The new Chancellor Jeremy Hunt has set out his emergency plans he's hoping will mend the chaos wrought by his predecessor's mini-budget by reversing almost all of Kwasi Kwarteng's tax-cutting measures. We will reverse almost all the tax measures announced in the growth plan three weeks ago that have not started parliamentary legislation. So will Hunt be seen as a steady hand to bring UK finances under control? And where does all this leave Prime Minister Liz Truss? The Treasury put out an early announcement that the new Chancellor would reveal his emergency strategy to overhaul Kwarteng's fiscal plans almost immediately, instead of at Halloween as they race to fill a £72 billion hole in the public finances. Whilst we will continue with the abolition of the health and social care levy and stamp duty changes, we will no longer be proceeding with the cuts to dividend tax rates, the reversal of off-payroll working reforms introduced in 2017 and 2021, the new VAT-free shopping scheme for non-UK visitors, or the freeze on alcohol duty rates. Hunt's announced measures that pretty much put the nail in the coffin for Kwarteng's £45 billion of trussonomics cuts, including scrapping the penny off income tax. The reversal of the increase in national insurance and stamp duty changes both stay. The most important objective for our country right now is stability. Governments cannot eliminate volatility in markets, but they can play their part, and we will do so, because instability affects the prices of things in shops, the cost of mortgages and the values of pensions. There will be more difficult decisions, I'm afraid, on both tax and spending. On this fast-moving day in Westminster, we're joined by Evening Standard Deputy Political Editor David Bond. David, what are you reporting today? It's been quite the bombshell start to the week. It certainly is. I mean, it's head-spinning. It just keeps changing. We see U-turn after U-turn from Liz Truss's uh, beleaguered government. So today we've had this really, really extraordinary statement from Jeremy Hunt, the new chancellor, who, remember, was only appointed on Friday as Kwasi Kwarteng's replacement, who had been sacked after just 38 days in the job. And what Jeremy Hunt has done is to try and stabilise financial markets, to try and give back this sort of sense of economic stability by essentially ripping up all of the mini-budget that Kwasi Kwarteng announced just at the end of last month. What are some of your key takeaways from the Chancellor's announcement? He's announced, I think, about £32 billion of measures which reverse those tax cuts which were costed out at about £45 billion in Kwasi Kwarteng's mini-budget. And the bulk of that is the reversal of the rise in national insurance, which came in in April and actually got through Parliament last week. So he hasn't gone back on that. So that's quite a hefty bit of the money and they will have to find some way of financing that. So that's still quite a big chunk of change they have to find. But essentially, the vast majority of that mini-budget has been reversed. That's designed to send a message to the markets. It's designed to send a message to the public that actually 
the Conservative Party are going to try and balance uh, the books in the years uh, in the years ahead as we face all these uh, very very challenging financial problems with inflation soaring. Are there any points you think will have an impact on people's lives? I think the two big ones which people will really focus on is this plan to put off indefinitely the reduction in the basic rate of income tax from twenty percent to ninety percent. Now that was due to come in in April twenty twenty three big tax cut for everyone. But that now has been put off indefinitely. Rishi Sunak, the former chancellor, had initially announced that that would come in from 2024, but now it's just been put off completely. So we don't know whether or when that might come back. Then the other one was this announcement that the energy support package, which costs £60 billion over the next six months, that will be reviewed next April, with it becoming much more targeted for the most vulnerable households. So it doesn't mean that support will disappear for those most in need of it, but it does mean better off families may not be protected by that price cap that's been put in place, which sets it at an average annual bill of around £2,500 a year. It's really now unclear what will happen with that david this all comes as voices of dissent to oust liz trust from number 10 grow where is she today and where does all this leave her authority as party leader and pm and who are the dissenting voices she was holding a call with her cabinet this morning so she is in number 10 downing street i know that she's going to be uh, meeting tory mps from the one nation group this evening she's also going to be uh, holding a sort of reception with members of the cabinet this evening so she is uh, sort of working the room in the background we're not going to see uh, anything of her publicly i don't think today i think it's very clear that it's all about sending out jeremy hunt a new chancellor to try and announce the big shifts in economic policy that have come in the last 24 hours and at the back end of last week, in fact, with the decision on corporation tax, unwinding that. But I think the dissenting voices, so far we've now heard from four Conservative MPs who have uh, publicly called for Liz Truss to go. The most significant one, perhaps Angela Richardson, the Tory MP for Guildford, who in the last couple of hours has said that uh, it's untenable for her to remain as Prime Minister. But a lot of Tory MPs privately saying that she needs to come to the parliamentary party and explain why she should remain as Prime Minister, having endorsed this mini budget that Kwasi Kwarteng delivered, all these tax cutting pledges to boost economic growth. They've all been ripped up today. So they're asking the question, well, What does she stand for? How do you think all this chopping and changing is playing out with the public? I think that the chaos that has gone on over the last few weeks, I think it's the public are pretty fed up with that. I think all the polling points to huge leads for Labour at the minute. So I think that certainly it will take a bit more than this to convince them. We, of course, have this next fiscal statement, which will come with an OBR analysis and an analysis by the independent fiscal watchdog of all these tax and spend changes. And I think that will be really the crunch moment where people will, both Tory MPs and the public, will sort of see whether there's any hope for this trust. If she isn't uh, ousted before then, you know, there's plenty of, plenty of rumours still swirling around Westminster that she Uh, is still in very deep trouble. Labour says it all shows evidence of panic, does it? I think it's hard to draw any other conclusion, isn't it? I mean, I think what the government was really concerned about and what uh, Liz Truss was trying to do was get in ahead of the UK bond market reopening at eight o'clock this morning. So uh, they announced very early on, in fact, as I was driving into work at um, around five o'clock this morning, that there would be uh, a statement coming from the Chancellor, which was totally unexpected. We all thought that we would wait until the 31st of October when this planned fiscal event uh, was going to take place. But 
clearly they wanted to get it out there that there would be some measures, some emergency measures brought forward to reverse a lot of the tax cuts that Kwasi Kwarteng uh, had announced just to make sure that they could send a message of fiscal responsibility to the markets. And it does seem to have worked. It does seem to have calmed down the bond market. And I think a lot of questions now remain over what will happen on October the 31st. A lot of the tax cuts have obviously already been reversed, but there will be huge interest into in what that OBR, the independent watchdog's analysis of the government's plans are. Let's go to the ads. Coming up, economic commentator Laurie Laybourne. Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Now we're joined by economic commentator Laurie Laybourne. Laurie, what do you make of government's hope that these measures will help confidence and stability in the financial markets? I think it's the latest humiliation in what has been a few weeks of pretty serious humiliation for the country. The original mini budget wasn't so many, but what Hunt has done today is to cut so many things that it is definitely, we can definitely now call it a mini budget. And in some ways, this was about trying to communicate stability. In another way, we could see this as another part of the panic. Uh, We understand that the reason why the Treasury wanted to get this out so early today was that there was more material risk to the stability of financial markets. So it's framed in terms of stability. It is another sign of, though, the instability behind the scenes. What is material risk? In this case, a situation where some pension funds uh, would struggle to be able to meet their liabilities. This is the problem that we saw a couple of weeks ago, and it could have pushed these firms into a situation basically where they would 
collapse. And that's worrying for people who hold a pension. It's worrying for wider financial markets because sometimes a failure of one or a number of firms can lead to a cascading effect, a kind of avalanche effect. And we've seen that in the past with things like the 2007-2008 financial crisis. Do you have any confidence that these measures could help combat inflation? The way we need to think about this is that one of the reasons why this country is experiencing such a bad inflationary shock is because we weren't resilient to a massive increase in energy prices. If we had not got some of the poorest insulated homes and buildings in Europe, we would have been better set up to handle this moment. If we had not cut money from investments in public services over the last 10 to 12 years, we would not find ourselves in a situation where alongside a cost of living crisis, we've got 7 million people waiting for elective surgery. The mini budget could should probably have been the moment where government turned around and said, we are now expediting a huge number of investments to make this country more resilient, safer. And that would have helped us navigate through what is essentially an inflationary shock coming from abroad through higher energy prices. Instead, it tried to provide unfunded tax cuts for the very wealthiest. And that led to a huge negative reaction from the markets alongside the fact they were spooked by not having the OBR look at the figures and sacking senior people at the Treasury. So where does it all leave us? So we find ourselves in the worst in a situation that's bad in two dimensions. One, we're not doing the things that we should have been doing anyway to make the country more resilient. And two, we now have to pay this huge risk premium that's been put on society on the cost of government borrowing on our mortgages and so on and so forth. You don't often get moments in politics, in policymaking, where unforced errors lead us into such a disastrous corner like we are now. It's obviously a near impossible task, but with your economic crystal ball, how would you say the future's looking? This is what I see when I look into the crystal ball. I see a government that has worked really hard uh, to re-establish some kind of credibility with the markets. It's behaved sensibly. It's got rid of all this trickle-down nonsense that were partly part of the, the problem that we find ourselves in now. It has then said, look, We are not going to be imprudent with the public finances by spurging massive unfunded tax cuts on the wealthy. But of course, we are going to borrow, like every government is at the moment, to try and get us through the huge problems that we face. But we are going to borrow to invest in the things that will make us all safer, that will ensure that we have the right healthcare and education and so on, so that people across society can contribute productively to economic growth. And honestly, if you get a government that's doing those things and speaking in that way, we could and I think we would find ourselves in a much stronger position as a country and ready and able to start to move on from the damage that we've been pushed into now. It's up to the listeners to, of course, decide whether they can imagine that government being a conservative government or a government made up of another party. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.